What's good, party people? Welcome to Candid Conversations. I am your host, Candia Johnson, a woman on a mission to help you show up and speak up anyway, despite dealing with fear, uncertainty, or self-doubt. And guess what? Today is your girl's birthday, and I am super blessed to be in a very good mental space. (laughs) I get to wake up and do what I love and get paid for it. And for that and many other reasons, I am grateful. However, y'all know I like to keep it all the way real. And if you're new to Candid Conversations, now you know. (laughs) Three days ago, I wasn't in a good space. I was slipping into a bit of a funk. You know, we are still in this whole pandemic of a mess. And while I don't believe you should live in fear of trying new things and doing new things and going out and all those sorts of things. You have to be safe. And so I wanted to have a dinner party or some sort of happy hour gathering. But, you know, I have several uh, loved ones. I consider them my left and my right hand. And they have compromised immune systems. And so I would never want to do anything where I jeopardize uh, their health. So I'm playing it safe this year. And besides, okay, I I try to keep an attitude of gratitude. And I had to remember, you know, years ago, whenever it was my birthday, I would be outside of the country. My friends would leave me messages or text me like, hey, girl, are you even in the United States? Happy birthday. And when I think back, I've been so blessed to spend birthdays in Paris. I've spent birthdays in Italy and Thailand and Las Vegas and you name it. And for that, I'm just so very grateful for those memories. And so I want to encourage you to, if you are in a position to travel, then do so. I am a firm believer Everyone should take at least one solo trip in their lives. My first solo trip was to Venice, Italy. And so I'm thankful at the time that when my my money was right, uh, the timing was right. Listen, my mom probably wasn't right, okay? But I did that anyway. (laughs) And I want to encourage you to do the same. I feel like traveling, particularly solo travel, is one of the best ways to build trust with yourself, to learn how to trust yourself and to figure out those things that you like and you don't like and all those sorts of things. And so today for the birthday, I want to talk about blessings and betrayals. I want to share some of the biggest things that I've learned, unlearned really, the biggest things that I've unlearned to get to this this place. Uh, I want to talk about some of the surprising ways that betrayals have turned into my biggest blessings. I also want to talk about why I believe uh, being committed more so to a mission versus a sort of dream job has been one of the best shifts for me. And I want to encourage you to do the same. I feel like I'm on the mission of my life and I am enjoying most steps of the process because listen, every day is not a good day. Okay. So I feel blessed about really feeling complete today, right now in my life. I am complete is one of the affirmations that I say to myself often. And I say this to myself when I'm feeling uncertain or I am searching for answers outside of myself. Saying I am complete 
helps me to understand that everything I need, want, and desire, if I don't have it within my grasp right now, I know that it is within me. I just have to listen to myself, be silent, and give myself grace to get through the process. I feel blessed to be uh, complete and a work in progress at the same damn time, right? And this is an incredible achievement for me because for many years, probably for most of my life, I felt incomplete. I felt incomplete because I wasn't married at a certain time or I wasn't I didn't reach a level uh, in my career. I felt incomplete because at one point I felt like my body betrayed me and because it wasn't doing the things that that it should do. And that made me feel incomplete. I felt incomplete because I didn't have the trappings of success or the trappings of what success should look like by a certain age. I felt like I should have accomplished a lot of things by a certain age, whether it was 30 years old or 25 years old or 35 years old. And when those things didn't happen for me, it left me feeling very incomplete, unhappy, and miserable. It almost really destroyed me. And so now, you know... (laughs) I'm thankful that I could look back on some traumatic life experiences, some uh, bad relationships, uh, in you know some uh, an end of a 20 year friendship that I thought, of course, would last forever, and coupled with those experiences, coupled with uh, therapy and coaching, it has taught me how to have better conversations with myself. It's taught me how to be more kind. Uh, to myself. I've learned that I'm incredibly hard on myself. I am critical of myself. And that has even, you know, I've avoided taking on certain goals. I've avoided or just embraced, you know, self-sabotage a little bit way too much, right? So working on increasing my self-awareness of how I think and how I feel and understanding my power And choosing thoughts that serve me instead of hurt me has led me to show up unapologetically. It's led me to speak up about issues unapologetically. Even while I'm feeling like my life is messy or uncomplicated, Candia going to say what she got to say anyway, (laughs) right? And if there's one thing I truly believe in is that there's no greater conversation than the conversation you have with yourself. When it comes to self-doubt, making decisions, you know, exercising or building your resilience muscle, learning how to work through anxiety when it comes to growing through failure, I am better simply because I learned how to have better conversations with myself. I am blessed because I'm in a constant state of unlearning who I was programmed to be. I'm unapologetic about that process. Most of us were programmed to be someone, something in this world. And when we finally realize that that program doesn't sit right in our spirit, we either sit in that icky feeling or we try to work our way out of it, right? And for some of us, if we don't surround ourselves um, around people who have 
unlearned or at least created or changed something about their life at a certain time. When we don't make a conscious effort into being committed to just being more curious about the feelings that you have or the thoughts that you have and taking action on them, when we don't embrace that process, we end up miserable. I think about when I was 18 years old, I thought I wanted four four children. When I was 24 or 30, I think I I said, okay, maybe one. Okay, I had a little me, a little boyfriend, long-term boyfriend. And I'm like, okay, maybe one kid and we're going to have a house. And um, I have these two degrees and, you know, we are going to do the family thing. However, one of the most freeing feelings for me has been getting to a point where I had to ask myself, do I want these things or is this the plan that my parents have for my life? Is this the plan that strangers or society tells me I have to follow and I'm just going with it? Or is there an opportunity for me to do things differently? Now, don't get it twisted, party people. That doesn't mean I don't want a relationship. I want a meaningful and magnetic partnership. I don't really know about the kids, right? So my need for having kids just wasn't really that strong. I've always said I didn't want to do it alone, if that makes any sense, right? And so, yes, I'm looking forward to getting married. Yes, my husband is out there. Hey, boo, I know you out there. You're getting your mind right. I'm getting my mind right. And once we get together, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I'm cool (laughs) now with understanding that my process is just going to look different than other people. And one of the things that I believe more of us need to do is simply grieve the life that you thought you should have. You got to deprogram. You got to unlearn. The life that you thought you, sh- you should have, it's okay to say, okay, you know what? That, mm, that's just not sitting right in my spirit. I need to try something else. So I'm at this place when I have grieved the life that I thought I should have. I've also allowed time, you know, allowed myself some grace in going back into that grieving space at times. I've opened up to this process process of exploring, creating, or designing a life based on my own terms and choosing actions that align with this new vision that I have for my life. And so if I could offer you uh, one thing from, from these things that I've learned and that I now see as blessings, it's just to surrender to some of the things that are happening right now in your life. Surrender doesn't mean that you give up. Surrender means you just embrace. You learn how to you know, dance in the storm. And I know it sounds cliche, but learning how to play the cards that you are dealt is the best way to go. The fight is keeping you angry and unhappy and dissatisfied. Every day is not going to be a good day, but I allow myself to feel the ups and the downs. I understand that the ups as well as the downs contribute to my success. 
And so I'm really proud of the fact that I've just learned to surrender what's in my control versus what's outside of my control. And one of the best pieces of advice that I received from my my coach or my therapist, I can't remember which one of them said it, but um, she said to me, Candia, there is not always better than here. Oftentimes, we think about when this happens, I'm going to be happy. When this happens, my life will be perfect. And then we get to those things and we un- and then we start to feel like, oh my God, I'm unhappy. And you feel ashamed and you feel like, you know, I want to change my mind, but I don't want to disappoint people. And so for me, I know I've struggled Uh, connecting my worth to my career or my worthiness to my job titles and my career. And today I am thankful and proud from recognizing the many different ways that I am worthy. And I recognize that my life is so much more than the work or task that I do every day. I talked about this a bit in the permission slip episode. And so I want to offer you something else. I want to offer you uh, an opportunity to align your life to a mission, not a job title or some sort of relationship. I am thankful for times when my dream jobs, notice plural, my dream jobs turned into a series of nightmares. <laughs> That's the perfect example of the quote, there is not, be- not better than here. Because I psyched myself up telling myself, you know, all throughout college and even after college, I'm just searching for my dream job. My dream job is going to be at this fancy company's name. (laughs) And then I get to the company and I realize the work environment is toxic. The people are horrible. And I just don't fit in. I wanted, at one point, I wanted a job where I had to travel and I was going to client sites and I was on and off planes and going to these exotic locations across the U.S. and even sometimes out the country. And then I get that opportunity and I felt like I didn't fit in. I experienced several um, instances of microaggressions. I didn't even know it was microaggressions back then, right? I know it now. And then on top of everything else... I didn't see anyone who looked like me on the leadership team. So then I was like, can I even get promoted here? I felt like there was nowhere for me to really grow. The one black woman who was leading uh, one of the teams that I was on, she left the company. And then I really felt isolated and alienated. It was Kyra. Kyra is going to be on the Cantor Conversations podcast soon. I can't wait for for you guys to, to hear from her. But anywho... Uh, losing that one person in a major company, the only person I connected with, it was like, okay, so this is not going to work because in this industry, in this space, there's not too many people who look like me and there's not too many people who can get ahead. But you know, let let me, again, this is another, let me keep it real moment. Let me keep it 100% with you. Looking back over the years, I have to say part of the problem was me. Because I expected the job to make me happy. And someone once said to me, if you expect others to make you happy, you will always be disappointed. And I couldn't agree more. Looking back, I also wasn't happy in my personal life. I felt unfulfilled. And I think at a certain point, if uh, you are unhappy in your work, if you are unhappy at a job, you have to have a come to Jesus moment with yourself to really figure out, 
if it's the job or is it you? It is not a job's responsibility to solely make you happy. Another thing is, you know, each and every one of us bring our trauma and our outdated uh, beliefs into the workplace. And so you have to be honest with yourself when it comes to your personal life versus your work, work life and really figuring out, you know, like I said, for me, I was told go to college, um, get a good job. And of course, the husband and all the trappings should come. But my thought was that I would get this happiness from this job and this relationship, and it never came. So you have to, that's why unlearning is so very important. You have to check your expectations. You have to fact check your feelings about things. Secondly, stop making the nightmare of a job mean something about you, your worth, or your value. Oftentimes, when something doesn't work out in our career or or in our jobs, we make it mean that we're not capable or competent enough for your job. You make it mean that, you know, no matter how hard you try, you just keep landing jobs or creating jobs and nothing is working. So it, it just must really be you. You start to create a story around the fact that you're 30 or you're 40 or you're even 50 and you're unhappy. Listen, stop it. <laughs> One thing doesn't have anything to do with the other. On the one hand, it could just be a crappy job, like a crappy boyfriend, a girlfriend. He was cute and all, but then you realize he's a clown, a certified clown. (laughs) You realize he doesn't know how to act. You realize he doesn't respond to your needs or your text messages. (laughs) It has nothing to do with you. Blame it on his parents or her parents and keep it moving. When your dream job turns into a nightmare, uh, like uh, her name is Kanika Talver. She's a career coach and author of Career Rehab, and I follow her follow her on Twitter. And she always talks about dating your jobs, and I firmly l- believe in that. I love that whole dating your job concept because I believe you should commit more to a mission than a company right? Or some sort of destination. Instead of a dream job, figure out your dream mission. Align your work to a mission, not a title. That way, no one will ever be able to define who you are as a person. Your job does not define you. And in fact, job titles limit you. Don't let a job title define you or limit the value you've created for others throughout your career. That's what they do. You know, when it comes to this whole dream job process, what I see is a lot of people connect that dream job to a place or destination and they arrive at that job, let's say working for a place like Google or Facebook, and they realize the job is filled with people who are toxic, people who don't even deserve to sit in the same room with you. They are the ones incompetent and you don't even know that because you're so busy beating yourself up. One of the things that I know is that you cannot thrive in toxicity. All you ever learn from working in toxic environments is how to be toxic just like them. Get out. You deserve more. Find your mission. So when it comes to developing your dream mission, it all boils down to figuring out what types of problems you want to solve, not only in a workplace, but also in your career or in your community. What's the story you want to tell is the number one question you have to ask yourself. To get clear on that story, imagine you are 
receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award, what would that award be for? What would it say about you? What types of uh, conversations do you want to be known for changing or leading? What are some of the people you want to be known for helping? All of that is going to be in your Lifetime Achievement Award. Talk about some of the things you've been able to overcome and really go full throttle in writing this story, this Lifetime Achievement Award kind of uh, acceptance, you know, before they call you up on stage, what are the things that they're going to say? Like, write that out. Allow that to cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of your story. And then once you write that story, go all in and investing in yourself to bring that vision to reality. And when I say that, I mean everything, not only, you know, training and courses and things of that sort, but even finding new friends, finding your tribe. I do believe for me when it, when it, you know, it comes to changing my career and also evolving in my life, a huge part of that was because I was very intentional about surrounding myself with other people who have changed careers or other people who have um, decided on some sort of different lifestyle. And they've, they've committed to redesigning their life. It helped me be comfortable with taking risk because for me, I didn't really have evidence of success, particularly as an entrepreneur. I didn't have evidence of success of, you know, someone who would work 10 to 15 years and then decide to change careers. And so I had to be very intentional about finding people who were doing those things and they had evidence of success that could have been through writing. Um, It was, you know, attending events and forming relationships with people. So you have to seek out people and stories that's going to inspire you to act. And, you know, a huge part of my journey too, and I'm going to always plug therapy, was investing or finding a therapist because I do believe you have to unlearn a lot to reach that next level. And sometimes you can't see outside of yourself. I say that all of the time. And so... A therapist can help you see some of the blind spots that you are allowing to, to, to hold you back. And when you figure out all these things, when you commit to being curious about figuring out the mission, right, that you want to commit to, no one will be able to ever take that away from you because it's near and dear to your heart, no matter the job or um, the event, the mission requires continues regardless of those jobs and job titles and events that other people put on. It's one of the reasons why I created the uh, MVP formula for introducing yourself. So MVP stands for an acronym and it's about introducing yourself by your mission, the vision, or the problem you solve. Right? Because for me, no one will be able to ever take those things away from you. And so if you are confused about your path or you are fixated on working for a specific company or getting a specific title, I encourage you to get more focused on finding a mission versus finding your dream destination at a company. Give yourself permission to quit responsibly. Friendly reminder, it's okay to be a quitter just as long as you don't quit on yourself. Okay? 
So I'm on this dream mission. And I'm even on this mission in my own family. I am a super duper proud auntie, okay? I'm also a super duper proud big cousin, (laughs) right? So I have nieces and nephews and I have younger cousins. And I'm committed to having very open conversations about you know, things that have happened in our family and how those patterns and that trauma shows up in our decisions. And I'm always encouraging them um, to believe bigger. I'm always encouraging them to fail and be curious and be okay with not having everything out. And, And I'm so proud when I see them take action on some of these conversations that we've had. Right. I'm so proud when they understand that it's okay if you change your mind or it's okay if you don't believe things that you believed last year. And so just by being very transparent about my struggles, seeing them shift perspective a certain way makes me very, very proud. I'm also proud to be a good friend. I feel like uh, one of my friends told me about a year ago, she said, I really want to thank you for being the calm during the storm and after the storm. And I feel like that was one of like the best compliments I've ever, ever received in my lifetime. One of the best things. So again, it's this whole uh, feeling blessed and feeling complete relates to just realizing that my value, my worthiness is so not just tied to a job or a job title. It's strictly based on um, my contribution to my family, uh, my friends, and even to the world, and even showing my sharing my thoughts on Kansas Conversations. I'm also thankful for the betrayals <laughs> that I've had in my relationships, both intimate relationships and long-term friendships. No matter how crazy or bad they may have ended, I am so grateful and so just open to the fact that I would not be here having this conversation with you had I not going gone through some of those crazy things. And, you know, let me say this. When we talk about betrayal, we often think of, you know, an action or we think of a person or a group of people who was disloyal, right? Or maybe they shared like some personal information about us. Maybe they were dishonest. (laughs) But one of the, the things for me is what happens when you feel like your very own body betrays you? At one point in my life, I felt like my very own body betrayed me for several years. So when I talk about feeling complete earlier, when I talked about that, when I talked about feeling, well, incomplete, this is one of the reasons why I felt incomplete. So I suffer with fibroids and I have had two myectomy surgeries to remove them. So fibroids are non-cancerous growths, right? And they grow in the uterus and they could develop in, around, or on a woman's uterus. And so at the first time, I had a really bad bout with them. I had like two that were the size of a grapefruit. And then they were, in addition to that, there were 15 of them. And, um, And then the second time, I had another group of them. And now I have them again. And so black women... Uh, On top of everything else, Black women are the hardest hit by fibroids. And I think the stat is somewhere around um, Black women are three times 
as frequently as uh, to be diagnosed as white women, and we have way more severe system, symptoms. But with this, especially with the first bout, there was a period of shame, right? Because, um, you know, I was told that if I ever wanted to carry a baby, it would be impossible with these fibroids, and they caused me a lot of pain and discomfort. And I remember one time for my birthday, I went to Atlantic City and I went to Tiffany's to treat myself to a bracelet, some goodness. And the woman who was working at Tiffany's, she asked me how many months was I and when was I due? When was the baby due? Because I was so bloated and I was crushed. That completely crushed my spirit. <laughs> and I, she really felt bad. She really did. And I don't even... I wasn't mad at her, but it took me a while to get over that because, you know, I had the surgery to remove them and then they came back. (laughs) I had another one. They came back again. I don't plan on having any more surgeries unless um, I absolutely have to. But one of the blessings that came out of it is I have this GYN, um, GYN that I love And um, she's told me stories about some of her patients that have had challenges dealing with fibroids. And listen, I've said this on this podcast before, stories have healing power. And she shared with me some of her patients who have, um, you know, tried alternative methods and they've been living with fibroids. She shared with me that she's helped some women deliver babies with fibroids. While that's not in my plans, right? The stories have truly helped me. The stories have taken the sting away and it's normalized it for me. And then on top of everything else, I see a lot more um, influential women talking about dealing with fibroids and, you know, the challenges that come with it. And so for me, one of the ways that I've helped to minimize this thing, I don't even have this thing anymore, really. Um, But one of the ways I've helped to move past the shame of it all is I also share my challenges, right? And um, I also feel very informed and inspired to share my challenges and the things that I've done to help other women. In fact, it's one of the reasons why um, I decided to commit to more mindful eating of, you know, four to five servings of fruits and veggies per day, being mindful of my sugar intake, um, committing to even intermittent fasting at least once a week. I've done that um, at least once a week for the last year. I think I started in October 2019. Or October 2020. I don't know, but y'all get where I'm going. <laughs> okay? Because intermittent fasting for me, um, it's not only about food intake, it's about training your mind to tell your stomach, nah, girl, you ain't gonna die. Okay? You can wait. It's about pushing past the pain uh, or the hunger pain and understanding that. You know, it's helping you to be stronger, a bit stronger than your emotions. And that's how you train your mind to sit with discomfort for a while. And once you're able to do that, to me, it's trickled into other areas of my life, right? It's trickled now into habits for my business. And I'm able to commit now for over a year and constantly show up because I've actively committed to training my mind to be stronger than my emotions. 
But you know, listen, party people, just like bad food and thoughts are a problem, so are bad relationships. So the other side of betrayal, you know, and I I touched on this earlier, the other side of betrayal that I'm thankful for are friends that are no longer in my life. The relationship was good while it lasted, and I've learned to take the lesson and understand it's a season and move on. But that wasn't an overnight process. Again, that was another thing that at times I've struggled with, just the shame of, you know, why a 20-year friendship ended. But I'm thankful for the betrayal because that has taught me so much in terms of what I like, what I don't like, and truly what I value. I have a crystal clear picture of my life. And right about now, I have zero tolerance for anyone's behavior or attitude uh, that doesn't align with the vision that I have for my life. But again, don't get it twisted. Severing those ties, it hurt. There was a grieving process to it. And it's one of those things, too, that we need to talk about more, like just breaking up with friends. <laughs> that needs to be a whole podcast. I'm going to put that on my list. Because there is a grieving process. There are five stages of grief, and I believe you grow through that, even in friendships, right? Uh, And I also believe that those seasons, right, where you grow through a bad friendship breakup, there's so much to learn. There's a period of reflection that each of us needs to grow through. Some of the questions uh, that I would offer you is some of the questions that were offered to me. What were your contributions to the demise of the relationship? Which part are you willing to own? What does it say about you that you allowed certain behaviors or you even looked the other way when it came uh, to them doing certain things that were against who you were, but you excused it or who you are, sorry. Those behaviors may, may have been against uh, who you are as a person, but you excused it for for many reasons. I remember talking to a friend about what happened between myself and the 20-year friendship. And she said, Candia, you always knew this about this person existed. You chose to ignore it. You chose to think that that behavior didn't apply to you. And listen, y'all, That conversation, that revelation scares me till this day because she was right. In fact, my edges are still trying to grow back from that conversation. Me and my edges are a work in progress, and I'm okay with that. Anywho, that is it for me and Cancer Conversations today. I'm off to celebrating my birthday safely, of course. Y'all have a good day. Please comment and share Uh, with your peoples if this episode resonated with you. Thanks for listening and talk to you all next week.